Everyone knows the story of the Titanic. They know the Leonardo DiCaprio movie, the Jack and Rose moment, the tragic love story. However, what a lot of people don't know is why the unsinkable Titanic sunk, and that there were a lot of holes in the Titanic safety procedures. From just poor training of the crew, to simply not having enough lifeboats, the Titanic did not have to be the disaster that we know it today. We are going to be looking at how the mistakes made on the Titanic led to modern shipping and life at sea safety practices today. Let's take a look. So what went wrong? Before we look at how the safety practices changed, we need to learn about what happened. The RMS Titanic struck an iceberg at 11.46 p.m. on April 14, 1912. The ship collided with the iceberg only 37 seconds after it was spotted, and then over the next two hours and 40 minutes, the ship went down. When the ship struck the iceberg, it damaged the bottom of the ship across a stretch of 300 feet. It only took 10 seconds for the iceberg to damage the ship to the point that it was doomed to sink, and the crew knew there was nothing they could do. The Titanic was considered an unsinkable ship. So, starting on April 19th, only five days after it sunk, a subcommittee of the Senate Commerce Committee was established to investigate the impossible happening. During the hearing, 82 witnesses testified about ignored ice warnings, a lack of lifeboats, how fast the ship was going when it hit the ice, and the failure of ships nearby to respond to calls of distress. Along with the hearings, the subcommittee launched a full investigation that was published in a report titled Titanic Disaster, Report of the Committee on Commerce. This report can be accessed through the U.S. Senate's website. So while the committee was investigating, outside reports came in as early as April 25, 1912. These reports included suggestions from appointed advisory committees. The most popular of these suggestions were the need for lifeboats and other vessels to match that of the total number of persons being carried, and that regulations should be stricter on the speed of ships at night and known in the known vicinity of ice. The subcommittee of the Senate Commerce Committee published their report later in the year of 1912, along with research and evidence that went all the way back to the initial test on the Titanic before it set sail. They found quite a few problems. First off, one of the holes they found was that the Titanic did have a test run, but it was never done at full speed. This is pretty worrisome considering the ship was moving at full speed for most of its voyage and it was going full speed at the time of the crash. The owner of the ship wanted the captain to try and set a record speed, so he needed to go fast. So the ship itself wasn't tested, and many of the crew didn't actually join the ship until a few hours before they set sail. This made it impossible for the crew to have been trained ahead of time. The lack of training and preparation given to the crew is also seen during the sinking of the ship. There is no system for loading the boats, and this led to, this led to disorganization, differing opinions as to how many people could fit on each boat, and one side of that Titanic was only loading women and children, while the other side would let men get on the boats. So really, for the guys, it was just luck. The ship was already low on lifeboats, and everything was pretty disorganized. But the crew's lack of training led to a failure in using the space that they did have. 
Another report comes from the Rec Commissioner, Lord Mercy. He shares that only 711 people were saved out of the 2,201 people on board. The boats could have carried 1,178 people if they had all been filled correctly. You can see this discrepancy in the pictures and the renderings of the Titanic. You don't see the orange lifeboats on the side, and while this may make the Titanic look really clean and sleek, I would much rather see those bright orange lifeboats. They look way more pretty to me. Lord Mercy, the wreck commissioner, also stated that the lifeboats on the Titanic were only sufficient for the accommodation of one-third of the total number of souls she was licensed to carry by the Board of Trade, and that boat accommodation should, where practical, be carried in future for all on board passenger and immigrant steamships. The official of Marine Department of the Board of Trade were blamable for admitting during many years any revision of rules made in 1894 for the boat equipment of ships. By that, he means that there were some rules, but no one was there to enforce them, so the Titanic could get away with not having enough lifeboats. It just wasn't that big of a deal because people weren't dying that much at sea. As if they didn't have enough problems with the lifeboats, there was another challenge to the situation. The boats were positioned 60 to 70 feet above the water, and it was really dangerous to lower everyone in the lifeboat down. It was clear that the Titanic had so many problems, and when they realized that there was no way they were going to get out of there, that they were going to sink, they began to send out a lot of distress signals. Within the investigation that the subcommittee did, it was found that there were eight vessels within the vicinity of the Titanic as it began to sink. However, only one of those ships, the Carpathia, received the message and set sail to help the Titanic. The Titanic sent out other distress signals, but they lacked clarity. They didn't really send great information about their location, and the ships from the other end weren't sending clear lo information about their locations as well. The Titanic also fired distress rockets and attempted to signal by Morse code. But the closest ship, the Californian, didn't receive any of these messages because their wireless operator was asleep until 3.30 that morning after the ship had sunk. It is clear that a lot went wrong for the Titanic. They did not plan on the unsinkable ship sinking. The reports called for a change. Lord Mercy himself made a final recommendation to call an international conference to determine an, a common line of conduct in the working of life-saving appliances, the installation of wireless telegraphy, the reduction of speed or the alteration of course in the vicinity of ice, and the use of searchlights. Two years following the tragedy of the Titanic, Lord Mercy's request came true. The International Conference of Safety of Life at Sea, also known as SOLAS, held its first conference to establish the regulations on life-saving appliances, safety of navigation, safety of construction, wireless telegraphy, and certificates. This convention met in 1914 and published the very first report for SOLAS. The SOLAS convention made a lot of new regulations. These are just a few of them. The report is crazy long, but I only focused on the ones that really seemed to have a clear connection to the Titanic. First off, when we think about those lifeboats that were 60 to 70 feet high, they changed that. So now lifeboats could be safely lowered, and we had to have that on every single ship. Also, with lifeboats, the number of people allowed cannot in any case exceed the number for which proper seating accommodation in lifeboats is provided. 
They also decided that they needed regulation for life jackets and what an acceptable life jacket or life preservation equipment was. They established principles around particular duties for crew members as well. So in the event of emergencies, they could have a duty such as launching the lifeboats, preparing lifeboats and life-saving appliances, managing equipment, closing of bulkhead doors, mustering the passengers, and the extinction of fire in the case of fire. They also inserted a wireless distress signal in the list of signals of distress for both day and night. So this way, when a ship sends out a signal, other ships know what they're actually saying, and we don't have the confusion that was seen on the Titanic. They made a requirement that ships must go at a moderate speed when they're going through areas where ice is reported or where ice is near them. They don't want another iceberg incident again. They created specific codes and necessary information for reports and communication. This ranged from communication on amounts of ice to a more consistent communication with the position of ships. This way, everyone would know what certain codes meant. Morse code is not understood by everyone anymore. Not only did they make these communications really standardized, they also made it necessary for every ship to respond to a call of distress. There were eight vessels near the Titanic, and only one responded. A lot of them could have heard about it and didn't realize the situation, so they didn't come. Why put yourself in a dangerous situation? But now, we've decided that it is our responsibility to help when other ships have a distress call. It is also required that every ship is fitted with a wireless telegraphy apparatus. This means that they have to have a way to communicate and they have to have a person that is always manning it. This way we don't get any people asleep till 3.30 a.m. They also made a requirement for safety certificates. This proves that the ship has been duly surveyed. No bad testing, no poorly trained staff. People had to know what they were doing before they set sail. The Solace Convention has continued to meet and the last conference was in 1974, though amendments have been made for more recent years. So now you know, the Titanic is more than just a movie. It's actually one of the reasons we have such great safety procedures for sailing now. Uh, we really do have to... The Solus Convention has continued to meet. The last conference was in 1974, though amendments have been made in more recent years. So, now you know. The Titanic is more than just a popular movie, more than a story you learn in school. We actually have the Titanic to thank for a lot of the safety procedures that we now take for granted. We are safer now on the sea, even though the Titanic was a tragedy. If you want to learn more about the Solace Convention or see their full report, you can find primary documents through the International Maritime Organization's website. You can also find the full copy of the investigation through the U.S. Senate's website. Thanks for listening.